0: This is episode number 29 of the Dr. Denise Simpson podcast. Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, a master life and leadership coach who helps high performers and leaders reach their next level of success with confidence, pride, and true fulfillment. You'll hear about real clients with real problems navigating their success in life, business, and career. So, if you're ready, let's get started. Hey, friends. I hope you all are fantastic. I hope you are safe and sound. Today in Austin, we are experiencing some heavy downfall and having some flood advisory warnings. We are, after all, in the middle of hurricane season, so we are experiencing a ton of rain, especially the last week and a half. It has just been overwhelming for our communities here, especially in central Texas. So if you are here in Texas, my friend, I am wishing you my best, or, or in any state that is experiencing some of these tropical storms right now. And in light of the hurricane season, I wanted to bring on a very good friend of mine, Brian Jimenez. Let me tell you a little something about Brian. Brian is the sweetest, most humble, kindest person I've met in a very long time. Brian is a web developer. He's a web designer and an online marketing strategist, and he's a genius. He has worked with online coaches, with speakers, people in the real estate industry, on e-commerce, fitness, personal trainers, all of these various industries. He has supported them through his web design and online marketing strategies. And he's also a fellow NLP enthusiast, which means Neurolinguistic Programming, which is where I met him. and. I gravitated to Brian because of something so soothing about his soul and the humility that comes with that. And I am someone who is not very humble. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest. And he is kind of my opposite. And, and you would think that there would be like turmoil or resistance or some kind of headbutting there. But actually, he compliments me really beautifully. And I think you're going to notice that as you hear us talk about his experience. Actually, he and his family's experience back in 2017 when Hurricane Maria hit the island of Puerto Rico. It was a devastating hurricane. And he shares the story of what he and his family endured and how they used grit and resiliency to get them out of that situation. And how he uses Grit and Resiliency today and some other learnings that he's going to share with us to reach new levels of success in his life and his business. So Brian is going to give us some practical strategies. So take out a pen and paper and let's take some notes today, my friends, because this one, this one is a good one. Grit and resiliency, my friends, if you're a high performer, you're listening to this podcast, this is going to apply to your life, to your business, or your career. We have to have both. The grit, grit is about sustaining consistent effort toward any goal, even when we struggle or when we fail. And resiliency, well, that's just as important, my friend. Resiliency is our our ability to bounce back after we have struggled after we have failed over and over again, so grit and resiliency two characteristics that every high performer must cultivate and Brian is here to tell us how to do that. So enjoy this show with my good friend Brian, and stay tuned. To the end of our time together, so that you can learn how to reach Brian because we want to stay connected. He wants to hear from you. We'd like for you to tag us both on Instagram and make sure you reach out to Brian. He is available to provide his excellent services. Let me tell you, I would not recommend anyone that I do not trust. And he is someone who has extraordinary results because he loves what he does. And that is who you want serving you. All right, friends, I am wishing you a great show. As always, I'm looking forward to serving you on our next episode. Take care. Hey, Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How about you, Denise? I'm so good. And I'm so, so honored that you accepted my invitation to join me on my podcast.
1: Your honor is all mine.
0: Oh! I love it. I love it when we can get together and just share our experiences in hopes of helping someone out there listening. And I, knowing your story and your background, I'm like, hello, we've got to share this with our people out there. And so thank you for being here and and let's get started. What do you think? Yeah, let's go right in. All right. Well, so I do know your story, obviously, but share a little bit about your upbringing, and yeah, just a little bit of of the childhood upbringing, so that we can just dive right into your life right away, and then we'll we'll go from there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I am originally from Puerto Rico, born and raised um, in the little town called Mayagüez in the west side of the island, Um, and I was, you know. I was brought up in a very uh, tight environment. Let's put it that way. Um, I am the youngest of two. So I just have an older sister. And I actually grew up inside of a university, which is very unique, uh, I would say. Um, I don't have that neighborhood type uh, feel or kind of like, oh, this is my suburb. No, I just live inside of the university. And the reason why is because both of my parents worked at the university and they had housing for, you know, their faculty. So, um, yes. So so I basically grew up inside of a campus university. And so, um, I, my, you know, I have, uh, my father is a pastor, so I grew up Christian and in a very religious environment and the university was religious as well. So I have, you know, multiple layers of that, you know, religious and, um, kind of like that tight up upbringing, I would say. Um, and that is essentially the college that I went to the, the university when I did my bachelor's degree in computer science. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's basically the gist of it. Uh, I had a very close friends. I very, you know, like, a, a very tight circle of friends and, um, most of them I do have still have contact with them, even though that I moved here, you know, to Austin, I still have, you know, I would say like probably almost every weekend we have a, like a FaceTime call with all of them. And it's a, it's, it's something that I have, it, it anchors me still, you know, to the island and it's just like that line of communication. Yeah. That
0: is so cool. Like, okay, <laughs> but let's take it back to what you just said. Like you you grew up in the university, on the university campus, like literally <laughs> in faculty housing. Like that's insane. Like I I can I I know that life. I've never lived in faculty housing, but I obviously coming from that, that um, higher education background and academic background, I totally get it. So how was like, how are dinners with your parents? Like, did they bring faculty over? Did they bring fellow professors over? Like, were these conversations like super high level conversations? Like, just tell me what, what that looked like at dinner.
1: <laughs> well, I essentially grew up around you know doctors and philosophy or phds right and you know you being a doctor you know how that goes um but i was basically raised around a lot of uh you know 50 60 70 year olds um where you know that's like your typical faculty age range or whatnot um and so it we don't do more uh so much dinners we would do more lunches uh especially on the weekends um, and especially when there was like uh, a guest uh, preacher or a guest uh, uh professor and stuff like that, we would get them and you know have them have lunch with us in the house and I was basically exposed to a lot of different cultures, yeah. and I definitely you know. Uh, attribute that a lot to my ability to speak English and, Sp- and Spanish very easily. It's because um, that the university has, I believe is 37 different countries represented in faculty and in students. So I was, you know, raised in that a lot, a, a very big diversity.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. So because you were raised in that environment, how was your college experience? Like, did you just like whiz through the B, the the bachelor's in computer science? Like, like, did you just like do it in a year because you, you know, your mindset was there. You had models of excellence, obviously (laughs) in your parents and in the faculty they hung out with, like, how was your college experience there? I mean, growing up there, (laughs) I,
1: I really can't I don't have a frame of reference to what a college experience would be like because, I mean, I knew everything. I knew most of my professors since I was like a little kid, literally. Um, most of them saw me grow up. Um, and so I, I was still at home, right? That, that university was home for me. I, I, I just had a place I slept at. Um, so it really wasn't much of a difference to yeah. my usual every day. Let's put it that way. Um, obviously high school and college are completely different, but when it came to like all the college experience, I was, I was very plugged in. Um, I did my college, my, you know, my bachelor's degree in four years, graduated with honors. Um, and I was part of like three or four organizations that were like, I was like the vice president of the graduating class and stuff like that. Um, but again, I, I, that's all I knew. So yeah, I really yeah. don't have a kind of like a frame of reference for it. Yeah. That
0: is so cool because like, you know, obviously you, you being born and raised in Puerto Rico and I, you know, raised on the Texas Mexican border, like you had a very different Upbringing and that you had these models of excellence. I always talk about the models of excellence, right? Yeah. Like success leaves clues. Always look for those models of excellence and adapt, you know, their neurology, how they think, how they feel, how they behave, how they succeed and thrive in their lives. And, and then you adapt that. Uh, just you know imagine what what you know what got them to to that that level of success and then you take that on for yourself. That's what I mean by models of excellence for those of mm-hmm. you who are listening. Um, so you know Brian, you had that firsthand experience while so many others, didn't have models of excellence like this. So I'm fascinated by this because my parents, you know, didn't have a college degree. You know, they were they they worked and they begged, borrowed and stole <laughs> to put us through, you know, private Catholic school and then through college and so forth. So it's so fascinating to me that you've got that incredible upbringing. So, so cool. So I'm sorry if I'm so curious about that. I just think it's fascinating. Like, if I, you know, I can only imagine if my parents were college professors, I'd be running around in the library in the middle of the night, like collecting books or like, you know, staying up all night in the library, just like, you know, hiding out in a nook somewhere and reading until the doors open, you know, to the public or like, I just, I, I've got this crazy wild imagination of what it would be like to live on campus as a kid like that's just so cool.
1: <laughs> I mean you you definitely have a lot of perks and those models were amazing. Um like living inside of a university you have all the facilities that you can imagine, right? You have pools, you have basketball courts, you got gyms, you got even churches inside there, you know. Um and so it 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 was such a great environment to raise kids at, right? Because um you even have like 24 our security like gated access and all these things which is you know something that my parents were very comfortable just letting me run around crazy basically
0: <laughs> That's um, <so>
1: cool. well <laughs> with that comes a lot of uh structure restriction a lot of authority a lot of um uh role modeling and uh representation of of uh you know the family image and and stuff like um since your parents work here, then therefore you also represent the university and there's there's different levels to all that and so um i i I remember even uh being referenced when i was uh when I was in sixth grade uh one of my teachers said I was an old man in a young kid's body because <laughs> it was always very proper and all this like
0: wow. um
1: I, I It's a. Little, it's a bit hard to explain, but I, I don't want to say militant because it really wasn't militant. Um, but it was very strict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So neat. So upbringing in Puerto Rico included, you know, this like you said, structure, um, some expectations of you right? And access to so many things and access to the best education, access to the best resources, you know, because living there on campus. So take me to now, let's fast forward to that pivotal moment. You and I know what it is, but our listeners don't because it's important that, that um, we dive into this moment in your life that, that really steered you into a whole other trajectory, right? Like, so let's share with our listeners what that moment was. So tell us the year, tell us what's happening in Puerto Rico. Tell us, you know, what's going on in this very important moment of your life.
1: All right. So it's, um, it's after summer 2017, around August. Uh, at the time I am working for a corporate, uh, large corporation a billion dollar corporation. They they're actually based off of Texas. Um, and they have a delivery center in Puerto Rico. And so, um, I'm living alone in my old, you know, grandparents house. Uh, this is a 15 acre farm in the middle of literally nowhere. Um, and the reason why I was living there is because I was, uh, it was a 20 minute drive to my, to my work. And so it was very convenient for me to be there. Um, so we get uh, a notice that uh, we're gonna get hit by a hurricane right and so um this uh this this warning has been a very usual warning right all of our like Honestly, for the past 20 years, we've been getting hurricane warnings left and right. And every time everybody gets prepared and it's, it's you know, kind of like everybody's shuffling around to get all the supplies and stuff like that. Uh, and the hurricane never touches land. They, it, we always evade it. And, you know, there's a whole science of why. Because, why you know, we get so many hurricanes that just skip the island. They go north or south of the island. Just doesn't touch. So we get a little bit of rainfall and that's it. Um, so there's like this, uh, common saying is like, oh, it's never going to come. It's, 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 it's not coming. Right. And, and that one actually did come. Uh, luckily I had, I was like, I'm not going to take the risk. I really am not. And I boarded up my parent, my grandparents' house and I drove to my parents' house and I was like, I'll, I'll stay the night just to make sure everything's okay with them. And then, you know, if, if if nothing happens, which most likely won't, I'll just come back, go to work, onboard my house, and that's it, right? So, anyway, the uh, it ends up hitting the island, and this is uh Hurricane Maria, and it was um, it was one of the most impactful events of my life. Mm. The just to you know shuffle through, it was three days of constant winds and 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 rain. Like for some reason it just stopped on the island. It was going so fast and it stopped and it just kept hitting us and hitting us and hitting us and then it continued. Um and I I I remember like just a few hours prior to you know we started getting uh any any forms of indication that the, the hurricane was touching at least you know like our neighborhood uh power went out. You know like of course power went out And so when, when you literally don't have, you know, your, your usual appliances, you don't have electricity, you don't have internet, like the house quiets down. And in that silence is that you start hearing the chaos that starts slowly coming out, like out of like the woods. Right. And so for the next three days, all we knew was just this constant swoosh of air, just like constantly hitting the windows, hitting like just rain after rain after rain. Um At one point, I, I believe it was around like three in the morning, I wake up to just water falling on me. And I'm like, what is this? Um There's no electricity. So I have no idea what, what's going on. I remember I had, uh, I, I turned on my my, Cell phone's flashlight and one of the windows had caved in. So, three <laughs> in the morning, I'm wrestling with the wind just gushing through this window, just drenched in just water, just trying to push this window back into place. Um, and again, when you're, you're three days inside of a house and all this chaos is just going around your house all you can hear is just the silence that's in there and then the chaos outside. And it's, it's crazy. Um, so it's, it's, I would say that I was the, I was one of the few that, you know, didn't have their houses destroyed, completely destroyed, you know? And if you see the videos, you have people like water like three or four feet into their house or just water's just gushing or they're, they're, roofs are just getting ripped off or their walls are falling on them and so um we're you know the few that weren't affected as much right yeah so third day uh the hurricane just passes through we no longer have um you know we don't no longer have all this wind and all this rain and you know it just took out all the clouds so it was like a beautiful day and it's like the calm after the storm it's like wow like it's it's an eerie sensation but that's when you slowly like reality starts slowly hitting right you have no communication and i I believe it's the first time in history the whole island was completely locked out of the whole world there's there's no communication whatsoever um and then you, you know, you come out of your houses and you start surveying, like, what happened, you know, all this trees going, you know, are just destroyed. I had, um, we immediately ran to, went over to, like, uh, rescue one of our neighbors where her um, her house had flooded. It was, like, under, like, three or four feet of, of water. And we were just, like, helping her, like, get water out of the house. Um, and we hadn't even reached the... The entrance to the university because there's only one entrance to this university, and literally in front of the gate there was this huge mudslide that brought with it two ginormous trees. So we were literally locked inside of the university. There was no way in and out. And so um, at that point, you know, my parents and I were like, "This is this is go time." Like we make sure that we're good. And now let's let's make let's make things happen. Right. And so we were uh, we spent like the next probably six or eight hours uh, just trying to plow, plow through like this mudslide and trying to find a way to get at least cars coming in and out of the university. Um, so we had students help us and there was like neighbors that were helping us. And I remember I had a, <laughs> I, the only thing I had was a, uh, an axe there's only one chainsaw in the whole university <laughs> and um, I had an axe, So I was just hacking off this like branches and stuff like that. And I mean, I, I put my mind and said, it was like, this is going to be a workout. This has to be a workout because now I will probably like pass out. Um, and so after, you know, a few hours of that, we were able to, you know, make a enough space for cars to come in and out And so, um, once we, uh, once we were able to leave next day, um, we decided to go check my grandparents' house, um, because, uh, you know, I had left it boarded up. I had no idea, you know, every, all my stuff was in there. And so, um, when we, when we exit through the the gates of the university, I I, brought me back to one of the. Like a scene straight from The Walking Dead. Mm. It's funny because a few weeks prior, I was watching the show, and I was brought to one of the the scenes where they're uh, they are in, in their cars and they're just swerving. They're driving very slowly, just swerving left and right through like these cars and lampposts and you know all of the destruction because of you know the zombies and whatnot. And we were literally doing the exact same thing. We mm-hmm. were just driving probably like 10 miles an hour between these huge trees, lampposts, electrical wiring, like, and it it, it actually became no man's land. Wow. Um, and <laughs> so slowly, but surely we were able to, you know, reach uh, my grandparents' house. Um, what used to be of like a 45 minute drive turned to like three and a half hours. Oh my gosh it 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 was you know it was crazy, and at one point we were um we were on a road that the left side of the road had just broken off on um, and just fell to the abyss and then the mountain had fallen over on the left and it was it was it was craziness, but we actually got there and when we got there like trees had fallen in and broken some windows, and water just my bedroom had been flooded and so another layer of of you know craziness. Um. So at that point, we as a family were like, "Okay, this is gonna get rougher, mm-hmm. right?" Um. We don't know how long we're not gonna have uh water, or we're not gonna have uh, electricity, um, and we had no form of communication either. So we said we are gonna stick to us. We're gonna stick together. We are going to we're not going to go out anymore we're just gonna close ourselves or, or locks ourselves in um because again with the lack of supplies with the lack of transportation with the lack of electricity people started looting yeah uh, oh i can started getting robbing, robbed yeah. and um supermarkets were getting looted as well oh. um and i remember after a few weeks um I, I went out again out of, you know, left the campus. And there was like, people were putting, placing like a uh, poster signs on front of their, of their businesses saying like, we already got looted. We don't have anything else. Like, just don't break in again. And, oh, wow. And then, um, basic things like gasoline, you had to do about like three or four hour, just uh, waiting in your car just to get gas.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And then basic supplies, it was, you know, it was very limited, very hard. Um, a lot of, a lot of the supplies that were given as aid to the island were never distributed because uh, the truck drivers refused to deliver the supplies because they were getting, uh, they were getting uh, stopped at gunpoint. Oh by my goodness. People. So mm. With all the chaos and with all the craziness, yeah. we decided not to react. Yeah. We decided to just put our mindset into: we're going to adjust our lives, we're going to adjust ourselves, we're going to ration, we're going to do all these things because we cannot expose ourselves to all the craziness that no. is still going on outside. Yeah. so, you know, people that didn't, you know, that didn't prepare themselves because we prepared ourselves slightly not you know it wasn't like we weren't uh 100% prepared but we made do with what we had um but a lot of people they just again the hurricane's not going to come so i don't i don't need to prepare myself and once they realize that there's no access to water there's no access to electricity there's no access to food or gasoline or you know basic things they they go into crazy mode right and so um we were blessed to be able to just become resilient in that in that way Um, just uh put our our mindset into what needs to be done Mm -hmm. for us to survive with our own means right Mm -hmm. um and not have to depend on anyone on on going out on, on trying to find food at a supermarket, stuff like that. And that definitely um, impacted my life tremendously in the the sense that now there's nothing that cannot, I cannot do if it Mm. needs to be done. Right. Um, Because whenever there's chaos, I take a step back and I just look at the the whole thing that's going on. It's like, what do I need to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to not get caught up with all this like craziness and not be reactive with all of the masses and stuff like that. And so that was definitely a, 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 a really impactful experience for me mm-hmm. um, just because it's many would say it's traumatic and I've, I've had to deal with it. Right. Um, even even like having thunderstorms out here, I just go back to like all that craziness. I'm like yeah. okay it's not it's not happening again right? It's yeah. just a thunderstorm right but um but at the end of the day, you realize that when you take the basic commodities of the masses, they will immediately go back into like their their natural ways of just, I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to take what I need. And it, it's all, it's all on here. It's all in the mindset.
0: Yeah, which is what we're going through right now and what we have been since the start of the pandemic. Um, first, I want to say, wow, Brian, wow. Because first of all, to be raised on an island where this is a potential threat every hurricane season. I mean, talk about over bombardment of the nervous system. Like I can only imagine <laughs> constantly, you know, at, at first living in fear, and then it becomes normal because this is what we do here on the island. This is what happens. We, now we have to prepare and it, it, it you adjust to it in your body and in your mind. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you said something really important. You said every year it's like, we're threatened by it. But this was the one, this was the one that caused so much devastation. And this is the one that, that really changed your course. And we're going to talk about uh, the direction you went in after this traumatic, uh, chaotic time in your life. I can only imagine, I think the closest thing, and this is such a stupid thing for me to say, but it's the closest thing uh, that I've experienced where mother nature has threatened or I have felt some kind of threat was a Texas hail hail storm, you know, those, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's thunder and it's hail and it's like, I mean, even, you know, tiny little hail freaks me out. I can't even imagine living On an island where every single hurricane season, this is the threat that, like, the threat level is so high, and the potential for a hurricane to actually cause such devastation is so high. So, hearing your story gets me, like, oh my gosh, really freaked out over what you and your family went through and what, you know, growing up there was like. Um, But this was the one, this was the one that really changed the way you thought. And so, you know, you talked about. In chaos, in times of chaos, you taking a step back and you assessing, okay, what do I need to do moving forward? What do I have to do? What can what's within my control, basically, right? Because the external world around you is in chaos. There are people looting, there are people fighting for basic survival needs and necessities, right? The, the, the goods, like you said, the things, you know, just to survive, I mean, clean drinking water, energy, gasoline. I mean, just the, the things we take for granted in, in our everyday lives. I mean, these are the things that were taken from you all on the Island during this time. And, and people go into a mode of survival, I mean it's it's you're right, it's it's the um The Walking Dead. What did you was it was in that show that you said that you referenced? Yeah. it's like the walking dead. Everybody's fighting for for, for survival. I can't yep. even imagine, Brian, what that what that was like for you and your family. But but to be able to group together, be able to stick together, you know, your family and yourself mm. and say, okay, we're going to protect ourselves, we're gonna insulate ourselves, we're gonna ration. Here's how we're gonna do this logically, as opposed to letting all of the fear, all of the overwhelm in the brain. I mean, because when when you're threatened, right, the flight, fight um, analogy of what happens to, in the brain, yeah. or, you, or you freeze, right? Flight, fight, <laughs> or freeze. And so, I mean, what you all did was, okay, we're going to not let that overwhelm our brain, all of the emotions that we can indulge in, because there are a lot of feelings that I mean, are natural to feel during a natural disaster like that. You all came together and said, Okay, let's what can we do? Like, let's 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 think this through.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and moments like this is when logic is so important, but, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I mean, we always yeah. talk about you know emotions driving our lives and, and emotions leading our next decisions, but in moments like this, we need to you know really think logically here. So, Brian, what you just shared was, wow. I mean, not, not everyone goes through a natural disaster like that. I mean, I know we all have our personal chaos and circumstances that we go through, but I want for you to share with our listeners some of those learnings, some of those lessons that you gained from going through that experience with your family back in 2017 during uh, Hurricane Maria.
1: Well, I actually remember uh, a specific moment. Uh, it was one of these days where most of of everything had been completed, um, but we still didn't, you know, have electricity. We didn't have water, and so I remember walking through, like, on the backyard um, after we had cleared it out. And you know, it's 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 interesting because once all all of the greenery it's cleared out everything is so bright and so like it, it, it just um it's a different sense and you know i i my parents live in, in kind of like this half uh neighborhood half jungle you know we have a huge jungle behind our house um and what's interesting is that Previously to that, there was you know so many trees we couldn't really see anything. But once all that got cleared out, we realized that we had an actual a view to the ocean, which was like, wow, that is awesome. And so anyway, so I'm walking on in, in the backyard, and and I realized like, wow, this is uh, what this is what resilient feels like. This is uh, something that I'll have to not just only apply to times of crisis, but into literally every aspect of my life. And and I had contemplated creating my own business and I said, I will have to at some point apply the same principles that I just applied in this like surrounding crisis in my business. And then it kind of clicked. I should also apply this to my relationships. Um, I should also, you know, apply this to my spiritual life. And I'm like, wow, like this, the sense of resilience is actually not allowing all of these external things to happen and just keep yourself composed so that you have a clear mind as to what to do next. And I believe that's something that has truly marked me in 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 such a positive way where I realized this is the way I should live. Because in my world, there's always some sort of chaos. doesn't matter where. It's always some sort of chaos. And if I let myself be swept by this like river of chaos in any aspect of my life, I'm literally just going to be pushed back. And that's 100% something that I do not want. And so I think that was one of the biggest learnings. It's like, this
0: is applicable to everything. Wow. That is so good because I mean, that's what resilience is. It's a mindset, right? So when you get knocked around, whether it's by mother nature or whether it is by the (laughs) pandemic, or whether it is by the campaign season that is upon us right now, or whether it is the social justice climate that we're living through right now. So whatever circumstance it is, it could be a terminal disease, right? It could be a health scare that you just received. It could be something, Mm -hmm. someone that you love that's in jeopardy or in harm right now because of COVID. Whatever that circumstance is, the mindset of resilience is going to carry you through. And I love that you use the analogy of the river. You know, like I can either get swept (laughs) by the river, you know, this river of of fear, of uncertainty, right? Because a lot of us right now are living through uncertainty and we're being swept by the news. We're being swept by the stories that we're hearing. We're being swept by what the economy is saying right now. We're being swept Mm -hmm. by our emotions, and to have resilience, it's going to take a different mindset. And I feel that, 100%. right? I feel that to get to have resilience, to build that muscle, you got to go live some life. <laughs> Am I right? Like, yeah. I, you know, we, we can't, we're, we're thinking our way through, you know, uncertainty and chaos, but whoa, I mean, we got we to gotta go take some risks and we have to go and and practice that, that, that uncertainty muscle, right? Because nothing Mm -hmm. is certain in our lives, you know, our jobs, you know, when we're going to get our next client maybe, or when we're going to, you know, when our parents are going to, are going to, you know, fall ill, right? There's everything is so uncertain. And, and right now I think everybody's feeling the gravity of uncertainty. And so, I love that you're sharing this analogy of the river and you know being swept by this, by by the chaos and by the emotions that are flooded in our brains, where we take mm-hmm. a step back and maybe embrace the chaos and go experience it. So all for the purpose of building the resilience muscle, right? Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the exact same thing that we actually do with. Even uh, vaccines and our antibodies, we have to expose ourselves to these uh, elements in order to become resistant and resilient. And our body does this naturally, we just don't, we're not taught
0: this, period. Yeah, that is such a good point. hadn't thought of the vaccines. And yes, we do. We pump ourselves up with with a little bit of that element so that we can we can build the resilience, the resistance in our bodies. Oh my gosh, that mm-hmm. is so true. So when we talk about resilience, right? And it being a mindset that, you know, the ability to bounce back after we have struggled, after we have failed, after the economy has told us otherwise, after we've been rejected by a lover or maybe rejected by a client, (laughs) right? There's the resilience. And when we talk about resilience, a lot of us add the word grit to it. it. Like Angela Duckworth, a big researcher in this field of study, and she talks about having grit and resiliency. And these are two really important components. And grit is simply your ability to sustain right to be consistent towards this effort like towards this goal that you want to achieve just having the grit to sustain the effort no matter how many times you fail or rejected or told you can't do it or whatever mind chatter that you you know have to overcome it's the grit it's it's having the sustainability power and then having the resiliency to bounce back when you're rejected, when you know Hurricane Maria comes into town, <laughs> or <laughs> you know whatever that case is, or the you know the pandemic. So grit and resiliency, I love to talk about both of these things together. They kind they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I love how you know you took a very very dev- could, a devastating you know, circumstance, like, let's be real. That's a hurricane. Like how many of us out here, you know, have experienced what you and your family have experienced? I mean, not many, like your circumstance is so unique, but instead of, you know, falling to, you know, falling back into this mindset of devastation, right? You dusted yourself off, you and your family picked up and and started to, you know, get back to life, You made a decision to to come to the US and to to, find a life here in Austin and using all of those learnings, preserving those learnings for yourself so that you can better your life, whether like you said, through business, spirituality, personal relationships, or whatever it is, whatever aspect of your life, you're able to go back and reference that experience and those learnings to then push through the results that you want to create in your business, in your intimacy relationship goals, in your health and wellness goals, in your spirituality goals, you're able to really take that really precious, you know, those precious learnings that you got. And so when we, when we are talking to our high performers who are listening to us right now, <laughs> you know, they, they've got, you know, really good mindset around what they want to achieve what can we tell them? How can we help them today to, you know, use their unique chaos or circumstances and and help them preserve their learnings? Again, not everyone has experienced, you know, a hurricane like you have, Brian, but we all are living in our own private hell sometimes. (laughs) And it, it may not be mother nature. It's really just, you know, right between our ears, (laughs) like right between our ears is where, is where a lot of that mind chatter happens. So share with us what we can, how we can help our listeners out there, especially that high performer who's got his or her eyes set on great results in their lives. And they're being kicked around maybe by, you know, by their own doing, or they're being kicked around by the economy or being kicked around by their clients. You know, how can we help them do what you did for yourself? And, and help them get to that next level of success,
1: well, I would say any time that you are faced with any form of uncertainty, any any problems, any issues, any any chaos that is coming towards your your way, I would say take one step back and I want you to visualize the whole thing. Place yourself outside of your own body and see the whole issue as a, as as a complete, right. The, whatever it is that's coming towards you, just visualize and look at everything that is there and find the opportunity. I say there's not a a lucky human in this world. This there's only those that are, are able to see those opportunities and grab them. Right. And so when, when, again, when we were faced with this, hurricane that was coming towards our way, we decided to take a step back and we saw it as what it was simply a hurricane passing through our island. That is it. What can we do now? What is the next step that we can do? What is the opportunity here? And we, we got creative. We got very, very witty with the way we we carried ourselves. And I say, we honestly, Just just to give you a little example, um, my father had the keys to the library, and we were able to find a a specific uh, device that we used to connect to a phone, and we actually were the first one... I believe in our hometown that had actual phone connections to the United States. And everybody was calling their families from that one phone. So we got creative really fast because we took that step back and we saw it as it was, you know, this is, this is not the end of the world, right? We can get through this. What are the opportunities? What are the, the, the little things that we can do to actually push forward? And so having that initial reaction, right? Because that is also a reaction. You can either react with the chaos or react against it. And that is that taking that step back. um, We reacted in a way where we're not going to let everybody's, you know, chaos sweep us as well. We're not going to put ourselves into Debbie Downers. We're actually going to be proactive towards something that can be done. Because if there's, if you really can't do anything, like we cannot stop a hurricane period, you cannot stop it. So what can you do? Because that's when, um, when I feel helpless, the most is when I can't do anything about it. It's like, okay, well then what can I do? And that just gives me that solace and that that calm to actually move forward in a direction that it's, it's, it's better basically.
0: Yeah, that is so good. I loved how you're basically neutralizing the emotion, right? Of that you're, that you're, t- you're having from that circumstance. So that taking a step back so that, because you know, the saying, you know, when emotions rise, l- you know, logic percent. <laughs> yes. And so to be able to step back and really find the opportunity in, in, in the chaos and, and really helping you think things through or at least think yourself into the next action step right the next you know simple action that you can take and your family you know you all were able to do that to really step back neutralize the circumstances neutralize the chaos neutralize the emotion tied to the chaos so that you all can you know be, you know think creatively think outside the box think logically, you know, your brain was, your brains were looking for solutions instead of adding more emotion to the problem. So love, love, love that. So what else can we do? So we take a step back. What do we do next?
1: Well, I would say then, yeah, you would find what can you do towards that? And it all comes down to the basics, right? Um, I was watching one of Donald Miller's videos where he was explaining how this company, they were having financial issues, right? And they were very focused in branding and we have to all do all these things. And he has, he told them, you know what, take a step. This is all great. Take a step back and focus on sales because sales, it's what drives your business so if you're 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 having financial issues, then make more sales, right? That, and it's something that doesn't come naturally to people. It's like, oh, I have to do more marketing, or I have to do more of this and that. No, just focus on sales. And so, for us, when we were, you know, when we were stripped apart from our basic needs, right, we we're like, okay, we're how can we find food? How can we find water? How can we find uh, electricity? And we started getting creative in that sense where we were collecting rainwater. We actually found a, a, a uh, gas uh, generator for, for our house. And, and so going through these chaoses requires, right. A certain level of creativity. So get very creative. If, if your relationship is having issues, get creative. Um, if your company is having issues, get creative. What, what, Little things can be done in a different way that can or possibly push you forward. Um, And again, it's it's another form of, of mindset where you're, again, taking a step back, seeing things how it is and focusing on what can you do.
0: I love that so much. Yeah. And that's something that I have to, have to do often because I don't sometimes know when the next client's coming in, because for me, it's all referral based. It's all word of mouth. And, 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 and and that's why, that's what makes me such a great coach is because I coach my butt off. I coach my brain off. I want to make sure I give my clients the most value and I don't ever want them to question, you know, the transformational work that we're doing. So I you know, over deliver and I undercharge on purpose because that's how I get creative. You know, I'm always thinking of what's next. You know, where where will my next client come in? And it's going to come in from one of these amazing clients that I just served my ass off. And so I love that that because I I always I'm always looking for an alternative. I'm always looking for a creative way to serve my clients at the at the level mm-hmm. that they deserve so that you know, that's how I've, I have, you know, created so much prosperity in my business and why it's always been word of mouth and referral basis only, because that's, that's, that's just how, how, you know, tied I am to the mission and, and yes, tied to it, but I do take a step back so I can then, you know, look forward. I'm, I'm a visionary. So in order to do that, you know, you got to get creative. You have to, you know, look outside the box. You have to look at how your industry, like what your industry is doing and how you can flip it on its head. Right. Like, yep. I don't want to be a cookie cutter coach. I'm not, I'm not a cookie cutter coach for just anyone. And so I love the creative aspect that, that, that you're sharing, because let me tell you, and for all of you listening, I get rejected more times than I do get an offer accepted. And, you know, the re- I'm only human and rejection doesn't feel very good, no matter how many times you've, you've been told no, or you've been told your price is too high. And so all that yeah. says to me is that I didn't communicate the value to this person uh, in, at the level they needed to hear it. That's all that is for me. I don't, I, 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 but let me tell you when it, for, it stings at first, right? It'll sting when you get the no, and then your brain has to step back. Like, okay, how can I get creative here? And how do I use my language to then make, you know, to communicate to this individual that what they need is what I have to give. And so love that you're, you, ha- you know, you've, you've got that perspective um, in being creative. But again, stepping back, looking at the opportunities and then what can we do differently? How can we get creative in this situation? Because I have to tell you, Brian, I've got a lot of coaches that are listening to us right now too. We've got a lot of consultants. We've got a lot of people who are serving others right now and fear of uncertainty is something really, really big for them, right? Uncertainty in what is this economy going to do for my coaching or my consulting practice or the uncertainty of when will my next client come in Right, what is going to happen, and a lot of us want certainty. But if we just accept that life is uncertain, and that you know, whether it's Hurricane Maria coming through or the pandemic coming through, you know, we need to accept that that's just the facts, life is not certain. And so, and then I love again this aspect of you know, being creative and 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 lead and having that lead your next action. So I love that. Um, what else do, can you add, Brian, to to this list of things that we can do? Um,
1: I would say uh, once you find that opportunity, act upon it. Because in a, an uncertainty, right there's there's nothing there's, there's nothing to lose. If you if you're if you faced with something as a like a chaos like that one, try everything just go for it, take action. Um, and that's one of the, that's one of the hardest things to do. I would say, um, because uncertainty, again, it, it pushes us back. It holds us. Um, having that, what if in the back of our mind is constantly there and something that I adapted was, I, whenever I I have a decision to make, right, it's important. I say, what is the worst thing that can happen? Really, really, really (laughs) the worst thing. And you go really deep into what is literally the worst thing that could happen. And I had a lot of struggle with moving to the United States because in, in, in the back of my head, I was like, what if it's, what What if I don't make it? What if I have to get a job? What if I end up moving back? Uh, you know, what are my parents going to say? What are my, my family, my friends going to say? And, and I had all these uncertainty in my brain and it wasn't to a point that I was like, okay, what's really the worst thing that can happen? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I said, if if really the worst thing to me was the worst thing was to get another corporate job, then okay. I get another corporate job, get myself back on my feet, and then pursue my dreams again. So if that's really the worst thing that can happen, then I have nothing to lose. So I just took action.
0: I love that so much it's seizing the opportunity. I love that you said act upon the opportunity. And I think a lot of our high performers that are listening to us right now, you know, they have their own little mind games too, that they play, right? Like it's like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that can happen for me, which is so interesting that you said that. See, there's so many similarities with high performers. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awesome to coach high, 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 high performer. because for me, you know, I'll, my question is, What's yes? What's the worst thing that can happen? And my answer is always an emotion. That's the worst thing is is having a feeling, a negative feeling, or an uncomfortable feeling. Like because circumstances are are going to be around me, right? I, you know, I, I may get fired from a project. I may get told no a thousand times. <laughs> you know, pandemic, whatever's happening outside my brain, right? Those are circumstances, and if I neutralize those circumstances right then that I, then i'm I'm better able to manage my thoughts, which therefore manage my emotions. and so for yep. me, it was always, oh my gosh, fearing a negative emotion. It's like oh, I don't want to feel fear, I don't want to feel rejection. I don't want to feel disappointment. I don't want to feel like I'm less than. I don't want to feel like i'm I'm inadequate, like all of these emotions <laughs> and that was like the worst thing for me. so that was my my answer to that question. What's the worst thing that can happen here? Oh he'll tell me no, he'll reject my $50,000 a year contract. And I will probably feel a little crappy for a little while, right? Cause you know, it's, it's, I'm only human. It's just the worst thing that can happen. And then I go through the emotion process, what I need to process and then go and ask someone else in a different way, perhaps, right? Or make the offer in a more Mm -hmm. compelling, more irresistible way to another leader or to another client. And then, you know, just keep practicing. And that's where the resilience comes in, right? And that's where the grit comes in. And so I love that you said that. Act upon the opportunity people. And and I'm sure our our people that are listening (laughs) or those that are ambitious that may not identify yet as a high performer, but they're super ambitious and they've got great desire. You people who are listening to us right now, these mm-hmm. are great tips to put into place. And if you are a high performer former, and you are achieving at the highest level above and beyond the average person, these are still great tips that Brian just shared with us so that you can take your success to the next level. And so I love these three ideas. So thank you so much, Brian. So you said, (laughs) you said, you know, stepping back, right? That was the first thing you said, step back, everybody, step back from the chaos, neutralize the circumstance in your mind, neutralize what's happening outside of your brain. And that way you can then look at the opportunities ahead. And then secondly, he said, get creative. So now that you've seized or you 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 see the opportunity, now what's the next action step we can take? And be creative in these actions. And that way you're looking outside of the circumstance, right? And then third, Brian said, act upon the opportunity because there's 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 opportunity in chaos, there's opportunity in in disaster. There's we can look at this. 100%. Yeah, we can look at this in a negative way or we can or we can, you know, be high performers and look at these circumstances with with the eyes of or the filter of opportunities. Yeah. So that was so good, Brian. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Thank you. So I loved your story. I loved that you came on to share with us your a little bit of your upbringing which fascinated me so much i love the <laughs> idea of you coming from puerto rico and from you you know being raised by you know academic parents and and being raised on a campus the, i think that's just so fascinating but, <laughs> but more importantly you sharing your experience through Hurricane Maria back in 2017 and what that did for you and how it changed the trajectory of your life. Because of that event, you're now in the US, you're here, you know, prospering in your business. And by the way, before we end, I'd love for you to share with our friends where we can find you, how you can help them as well. And so, so I loved that you took a really interesting circumstance that, you know, someone, would have easily folded over from. But you took those learnings and, and you are now prospering as resilient and as gritty as you are, Brian. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story you. with us. I appreciate you, you, you so much. So Brian, <laughs> please tell our friends, where can we find you and how can you help them? Um, so I purposely
1: have all of my social media are is have the same handle right so brian m jimenez and my my email is brian at brian m com, and that is actually the url of my uh website so um yeah so my business we work with a wide variety of industries um and recently have been working a lot more with coaches which is perfect right um and so we do uh, web design development and integrations for online marketing inbound and all sorts of uh, email marketing as well so um you can find me on any of my social all, almost all of all the social media i believe uh linkedin twitter instagram facebook Jimenez.com. and that's brian with a y cuz it's a very common uh, <laughs> mistake um and that's my website as well Jimenez.com. Dot com and I would love to you know connect with anybody here and just you know just explain whatever you need uh, share my experience or or just uh, give you the best tips that I can come up with. I would love to
0: yeah, and I would love to share um, or, or or share this invitation with our listeners. Why don't you all go and tag us or send us a direct DM? You know, Brian just shared with you how to reach him on all his handles, but I'm over on Instagram at Dr. Denise Simpson. So if you all want to continue this conversation, if you want to, you know, you know, get more information about Brian and his services, because a lot of you coaches that are listening to me right now. We need to get our branding right. We need to get our message right before we go market our little butts off. And Brian is the person to help you do this. I mean, I wouldn't trust anyone else but Brian to help with this with this mission. So make sure you, you uh, reach him. But let's continue the conversation. It doesn't have to stop here. Right, Brian? <laughs> so join us. Of course. So- yeah yeah, make sure you DM us or tag us. Um, and and we'd love to connect with you over on Instagram, um, which is where I'm at. But again, Brian's everywhere. so check him out too. Well, Brian, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. your beautiful heart, your beautiful soul. You're so brilliant, so, so brilliant. And I want to thank you for for taking this time to help my listeners with the with the with the definition of of resilience how to be more resilient, how to use their own personal circumstances, their own personal chaos, and preserve those learnings for themselves so that they can go and reach new levels of success that they have only only imagined and so I thank yeah. you, my friend
1: and thank you so much, thank you so much for having me This was a blast. I loved it i, I hope we get to do this again sometime soon.
0: I think we will we'll have to we'll have to seize the opportunities we'll have to make sure that we act upon them so (laughs) i appreciate you brian thank you so much everybody's listening make sure you reach us over on instagram and make sure you go and find brian um and i will make sure in the show notes you will have all of his contact information so thanks again brian y'all take good care bye Bye Mm Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for high performers. It's called Next Level Progress or NLP for short, Next Level Progress. That's right. I want to help you reach your next level of success with confidence, with pride and true fulfillment. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP to get the support you need and deserve. That website again is drdeniesimpson.com forward slash NLP. See you inside, my friend.